Welcome to No Apology with the Bible Idiots, episode 229. I'm Chris Danielson, along with my best friend and bride, Emily. Yeah, so glad that you are with us once again. 229, that's amazing. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Or when you're trying to figure out how to do a podcast yeah. for the last year and a half. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, and I know we've got some new listeners, particularly in Chicago, they just reached out to me to talk to me. Nice. And I just want to say to anybody who's just found this podcast that we did terrestrial radio together in various forms, talk shows, morning shows, for 15, 15 plus years together. And I've been doing radio since I was 16 years old, and I'm 56 now. And for the last year and a half, we've just been working out the podcast. We got in the middle of COVID. We're like, let's start a podcast, and we'll just call it Bible Idiots. And some great people in Nashville who want to help us grow this brand said, let's kind of add, like, you guys are more about not apologizing about what the Bible actually says and living it out. So let's go with no apology. Well, BibleIdiots.com is still our website, and no apologies coming, yep. but we are just kind of heel-toeing it. That's why we call it No Apology with the Bible Idiots. Yet, if you search Bible Idiots wherever you get podcast content, you will get this. On Monday and Friday, we laugh louder, dig deeper, live larger, kind of do just a little bit of storytelling, and we want to encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Boy, I feel like you just gave me directions to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesdays midweek is our long-form teaching. It's usually one of my sermons, but we can have guest preachers from time to time. Again, this is about helping you get through your day. Somebody said, hey, you're our broadcast friends who simply tell us the truth. And so that's what we want to be about is the truth. And sometimes my truth isn't your truth and your truth isn't my truth. And we stumble as Christians in relationships because of it. And What are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about how somebody might see something one way or they hear something from somebody else. The Bible calls that gossip and it's not good. And then they decide that that's the attitude they're going to have about a institution or a person or a couple or a public figure and we see it in politics all the time you know if you can mudsling enough i mean do you ever do you ever remember me i remember being little and there was a politician who they tried to accuse him of something and everybody just turned their back on him and then yeah. it came out that it was definitely false uh-huh. and it never worked out well think about roy moore in alabama just Absolutely, a little bit ago yeah it happens and that's why we have to be grounded in god's word when it comes to christian relationships and part of the storytelling that we want to do here on the podcast is about that is to try to say look if we go back to the scriptures there's certain things that need to be and i've been counseling some folks that are going through conflict and one of the things i say is you have to sit down and talk to them i've already talked to them well then you need to bring a couple more people with you you mean i'm supposed to get a couple friends and go knock on their door and say hey i want to talk to you um no i don't say that but uh, matthew 18 does you know there's you see what i'm saying there's a lot yeah. of things in christianity that when you really work it out it's uncomfortable it's not something that makes us feel great and yeah exactly it's friday morning right now eight twenty-three central time and we are trying to get through the 12th of november <laughs> and yet there's so many different things that i'm going through in life and then a couple weeks later God will give me somebody that I have to counsel or I have to talk about that's going through the same thing. Exactly. And sometimes, and this is the one that gets me the most, sometimes yeah. you just got to let it go. True. Yeah. You just got to let it go. Do, do you know what I'm talking? I mean, it's hard Absolutely, to do because things will happen where you you really feel compelled, like, I got to make this right. People have to know the truth. And, and sometimes 
God calls us to walk away. Yeah. It's not going to change anything to keep fighting that fight. And you're just, you're, you know, you're trying to make a sculpture out of water. It's not going to work. And so the best thing really for you to do mentally, spiritually, emotionally, walk away and give it to the Lord. He wants us to do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, because he really is the one who fights our battles. He really is the one ultimately that makes it right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's always a good reminder. We we need that reminding that in those areas where if it is possible, we are supposed to make things right. We're well, supposed to do everything in our power to reconcile and make things right. But God knows and sees so But there's a point in time where you have to more. just pull the plug and just say, all right, I've done what I can. Right. God knows and sees so much more than we do. He can look right into the heart and he, he knows when a heart's been hardened. He knows when someone's face has been set like flint towards something. And no matter what you say, no matter what you do, um, they're they're just they're not going to respond to it. It's it's like in the Bible where he says, even if someone were to be raised from the dead, they still wouldn't believe, right. and that's exactly what happened. And they still won't believe. It's always sad when people claim Christ and yet have that stiff necked attitude about things and don't want to have any conversations. And so you might ask the question, Chris, do you have an example from your life? <laughs> That would really be like a good illustration towards Are you this point. To get something off your chest. No, but I'm glad you asked. As a matter of fact, I do. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Okay. Minnesota, 1989. <laughs> this is a true story. Okay. All right, and uh, I'm just going to tell you the whole story. Yeah. And 89. We would have been married. Does yeah, this we involve were me? No. Okay. Good. No. Th- <laughs> This involves Kirby the snake. You've heard the story oh, many times. Kirby, it's a very yeah, good story. Well, yes. when you when you think about this now, as I tell the story, I want you to think about it through the through the lens of like applying it to factual things in your life. Your perceived truth, Emily's perceived truth, and my perceived truth may be three different things. And that doesn't make all of, all three of us wrong or one of us wrong. You get what I'm saying? Right. You're but just there, looking at the same thing through a different right. view. That's but there, all. But there is yeah. a point in time where you just have to let it go and move on. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten some uh, feedback from some people that are, you know, as we talk about this, uh, they're like, do you have some conflict in your church? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but that's not why I talked about that particular thing, because that was conflict in a church in Michigan that I happen to have a friend up there. Show me a church that doesn't have conflict. (laughs) I got off the phone yesterday afternoon at around Uh 4 p.m. with some people out of state where I live going through some stuff. That's also influencing this podcast. So it's, it's not all personal, but it's just weird how our kids would do something that would be like, as I'm dealing with it as a parent, I, I would be reminded of how God's dealing with me the same yeah. way. You get what I'm saying? I mean, exactly. there's always things. So maybe this story will help you in your journey with any conflict that you might be going on if you're at the point where you just need to let it go. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's 1989. <laughs> Sicily? <laughs> Springtime. <laughs> the snow is melting. And I had a job with a fire safety company and also they did first aid uh replacement and i got this job because i we had just gotten back in country and we had been out of the country for three years as i was serving in the military and our kids were really young and we were really broke now the the 
company had four brothers running the company. And the youngest brother was my brother's best friend. In fact, him and I stood together in my brother's wedding. So I knew the family. Sure. And they needed a salesperson. They needed someone who could yeah. learn quickly. You don't cross the family. Yeah. And I came out of the military <laughs> with certain skills. And so I was able to get certified as a fire safety instructor. You were two degrees from a fireman. That's right. <laughs> if I wasn't so short, and you know, I probably could have been a fireman. You know, every time I went to one of those jobs, they're like, really? You're 5'7". <laughs> I'm like, I'm 5'7 and three quarters and in shoes, I'm 5'8". <laughs> anyway, uh, you sound taller on the radio. So this company, uh, th these brothers, they still are near and dear to me. But for two years, I worked with them. And one of my jobs that I had to do was I had to go get certain people at certain companies that they had under contract. I had to get them fire certified. They had to understand the different fire extinguishers yes. that they had on the property. Uh -huh. And that was another one of my jobs. I would go check and restamp these fire extinguishers at businesses every six months or every year. And every 12 years, certain fire extinguishers had to be what's called hydro tested. So I would replace the ones that they had with temporaries, bring theirs that they own back to the shop. And our guy who worked in the back, that's what he would do. He would take all the pressure, all the powder out of them. He would then hydro test the cylinder to make sure it's still strong. Then he would refill the powder, ah. recharge it. So now it's like a brand new fire extinguisher, good for another test. 12 years. Has nothing to do with a jet ski, I take it. No. <laughs> it, it's a pressurized test to make sure the cylinder's still good. And that gotcha. test is supposed to, well, at, in 1989, it was supposed to last for 12 years. Okay. Okay, so this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, the Department of Natural Resources, the DNR in Minnesota, they are the ones who are in charge of all the state parks yes and the state parks were one of the clients that we had at this company so my job was to go to every state park in this region where we were under contract and redo their fire extinguishers make sure that they were going good and then there was a lot of those people had to be certified in fire safety training did you know Smokey the bear no <laughs> <laughs> no why would you do that in the middle of my story? I don't know. I'm feeling a little punchy. It's a good story. Yeah, I'm into okay. it. I'm following along. So fire. I've done a couple of parks. these. And what you do, the first thing you do is you go and you literally see the park ranger. <laughs> and that's usually how you, you find him. He might not be at the front gate. A lot of these parks are, you know, three, four square miles. You sure. know what I mean? They're, they're big. Yeah. And I've already done a couple of these. I'm used to it. And so you take a Halon fire extinguisher. You never open that up because it's really expensive. But you have a ABC fire extinguisher and you have a CO2 fire extinguisher. CO2 is the one that blows that white, you know, very cold. Oh, yeah, know. yeah. And so then you'd set up a little, you know, I had a little kit uh -huh. where I'd set up a little fire and we'd have each person put out the little fire and we would do a class for about 15 minutes in a class type setting then we go out start the fire then we come back in the classroom finish q a and then i would sign the certification on everybody and okay, this making so you sense? just start a few fires put out a few fires yeah. sign the paper yeah voila so right. i go to this state park and the dnr headquarters are there and the and i go to see the park ranger and he's getting on the radio, and there's like six people that need to be certified. Okay. It's a big, big state park. I mean, sure. it's one of the big ones. Yeah. And he gets on the radio, and he tells everybody, yeah, the, the fire safety guy's here. We're going to meet at the Nature Center in 15 minutes. Everybody, 15 minutes. And he turns to me, and he says, if you go down this uh, road about three-quarters of a mile, the only building on your left-hand side is the Nature Center. Why don't you go get set up, and we'll meet you there. 
And I'm like, okay. And as I turn to leave, his assistant, and I don't remember, you know, I don't know the ranks of park rangers, but if he was the captain, she was like the first sergeant, okay? Okay. She said, and these are the key words of the whole day, what about Kirby? And, oh, he'll be fine. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, just out of curiosity <laughs> before I walk out the door here, uh, what is Kirby? And she said, oh, he's a fox snake that we've been doing this experience with. And sometimes we let him out of his, out of his aquarium yeah. and let him run around the, the you know, the nature run. center. <laughs> Squirrel around, anyway. Slither around. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm going to just wait for y'all. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I don't do snakes at all. I mean, it's not a good thing for me. Park Ranger's like, no, 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 it's fine. Go get set up. It's fine. I'm sure he's in his aquarium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's in his aquarium. And this back and forth went on for maybe 20, 30 seconds. It okay. wasn't a long debate. Right. And now I get back in my vehicle, my company vehicle, and I go, I'm driving down to this nature center. And I'm thinking, that's really weird. And not only that, I'm going to look like a total wuss if I don't have this set up. Because, I mean, I had easel and some other things to get set up. And, I mean, they really wanted this to be an efficient. Yes. You know, it's almost like for some of these companies and some of these different organizations, it's just a pain they got to get out of the way. Sign our form and let us go. These people take it more seriously. Yes. Well, so I get down to the Nature Center and I'm walking in. And it's one of those rooms that's probably, I'm going to say, like like 40 feet by 25 feet, if that makes sense. Long it, and narrow. It's, it's a big but room. But a big room, It's yes. a big room. And right in the middle of it is there is a one of those accordion walls that come back and forth. Divider, you know what I mean? Divider, yeah. And on the far side, as I'm walking into the room, the wall is on my left-hand side, and the rest of the room is all open to my right. Okay. And this accordion wall that separates the classroom from the nature center, because the nature center has, you know, stuffed owls on the wall. And I mean, it's just a total like little museum for school kids. Wildlife, yeah. And then the other side is a classroom. And it's literally set up as a classroom because, again, a lot of schools would do their field trips there. And this accordion wall is halfway back so I can see the classroom. I can see the podium. I can see where I'm supposed to set up. And I see a big aquarium in the back of the nature center side. And I'm looking for Kirby. I'm like, you know, please, Kirby, please be in there. Please be in there. And I'm carrying CO2, 50-pound CO2 fire extinguisher in my left hand. And in my right hand, on one finger, I've got a little ABC fire extinguisher. And on the other finger, I've got a little Halon fire extinguisher. Because these were going to be my three examples, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking in the back, and I don't see Kirby in the aquarium. And so now I'm working my way across the room towards where the podium is on the classroom side. Okay. And just as I cross over the accordion half wall, you know, the wall halfway down the, the middle yeah. of the room, in the far corner, there he is. There's Kirby. <laughs> he's not in his aquarium. No. And he's not a little guy. <laughs> no, fox snakes can get he pretty big. He was big, big yeah. man. He yeah. was big. And so he started slithering slowly towards me. And I set the, the two in my right hand down. And then also, as I'm backing up, all of a sudden, Kirby bum rushed me. <laughs> he came with everything he had across the floor. I pulled the pin on that 50-pound CO2, and I uncorked everything on him. Just as, <gasps> you know, just pillows of minus 150 light. degrees coming raining down on Kirby, okay? <laughs> Now, apparently, after this, I learned that Kirby was kind of harmless. 
I don't care. Right. An eight to ten foot snake that's coming hard at you, you got to defend yourself. And you, you told them, I don't do snakes. I right. can't, I can't deal with them. So. You know? I'm now stumbling backwards with this big white billowing cloud <laughs> and stumbling out the door backwards. I never lost my feet, but I mean, I should have, but yeah, I caught yeah. myself. And they are just walking up at this point and they see all this white smoke coming out. And they're like, what happened? Yeah. And they go in there and Kirby was frozen. <laughs> when they picked him up, he broke in half. <laughs> and now... Everybody is really, really mad. Yeah. They canceled the thing. They actually kicked me off the property. Yeah. So I'm driving away now in shame, kind of. <laughs> but the whole time, I'm like, I was right. I, yeah. I did I did what any person in my position would have done. Yep. They pushed me to set up. I exactly. could have waited outside for them. They, they no, showed no, no, up no. literally it's two fine. minutes. It's fine. It's fine. They showed up literally two minutes after I got there. Yeah. And Kirby's the casualty. <laughs> <laughs> One of us is walking out the door. So here. I'm driving yeah. back, knowing that you know I've got these brothers that I work for, yeah. that I grew up in the neighborhood with. They were all older than me, uh, including the youngest one, who was my brother's age. But they all loved me. They all from the time I was five years old on, they all treated me like their little brother in the neighborhood. I knew yeah. them all. Yeah. And these were some good guys. Yeah. I mean, and these guys were like the starting linebackers on the high school football team. I mean, they were those kind of guys. Okay. If, if people are listening can understand. Yes. They're just good dudes. Anywho, so. I'm now driving out of this state park, okay, and I know that bad things are going to happen. Right. You don't get kicked off a state park <laughs> when they're under contract with the people you work for and it doesn't come back to haunt you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. They they forced me, in a way, they really overly encouraged me to get set up. I didn't want to look like a wuss. I told them I was afraid of snakes. The snake was loose, and the snake came running up to me. Now, I've learned since, because I did have a conversation with the sergeant lady yeah. about three days later uh, to make sure that they received my letter of apology I was forced to write. <laughs> <laughs> And it was one of the lamest letters I've ever written. Sorry, I froze your snake. You know? <laughs> it wasn't heartfelt. No, huh? <laughs> because I still feel to this day, I didn't do anything wrong. Right, right. But they feel like I did. They were 18 months into a 24-month growth study on this thing. Their research was severely hampered. It was a big blow. Yeah. I'm kind of really it sorry was, about yeah. that. More it, than know? just the snake. It was all the work that right. and everything. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, a CO2 fire extinguisher filling Clean up the up room is, you know yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like an a thank goodness it wasn't the abc that would have gotten into all the in electronics the nature center. Any, anywho <laughs> so now i'm i'm driving back thinking okay this is bad i get back to the office and two of the brothers are waiting for me and they both have big <laughs> smiles on their faces oh thank goodness and they're like what did you do and I, so i told them kind of the story yeah and they are just dying laughing and part of it is that i'm such a wuss about a fox snake you know yeah yeah a lot of People, they have no problem with reptiles. Right, right, right. As an actor growing up, if I would have had to have a scene with a live snake, I'd have quit. Yeah, I would have not been right. on the set. That's just not my yeah. jam. Did at you never take like a field trip as a kid? I mean, we we went out to Oxbow Park when I was in like third grade, and yeah. we all petted the snake. But they told us if you don't want to pet the snake, yeah. you don't have to. I, we did but, that same trip, and I yeah. did not pet the snake. Right. I stayed in the but other it room. But it didn't help subside your fears at all. No, it's just it's one of those things. It's like some people can't ride elevators somebody, because somebody should have forced. Everybody's got pet their the own snake, thing. Chris. No, everybody's got their own thing, and I've, I know. I've dealt with. Snakes 
snake since we yeah. moved to Arizona. We even had a snake in our yard here yep. in Kansas. I mean, I've dealt with them now. I'm older. Yeah. But it was when I was growing up, it was one of the yeah. big hardships of my yeah. life. Me as cockroaches, I just I don't do them. I won't do them. I I I just yeah, won't. I like, know. if there's one in a house, I have to move now. Yeah, I know. Like, I We've just, had to move I can't because do it. of that once. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. The brothers are smiling. They're laughing. They're thinking that this... And I'm like, we lost this contract. He's like, they had my back. Yeah, And it was yeah. one of those situations where, biblically, when you have people who have your back... Yeah. When they know that you didn't do anything malicious, when they know that you might have made a mistake according to one person, but on the other side of the coin, the story, you're actually in the right. Correct, yeah. Even though you're in the wrong, if that makes any sense. Because on this story, you could say that I'm definitely 100% right, and you could say I'm definitely 100% wrong. And I couldn't, you could argue both points very effectively. You know what I'm saying? And so it was just good to know that they had my back on that. And I think they did lose the contract (laughs) over it. Minnesota State Park. Well, okay. they had they had so many contracts they weren't yeah, exactly hurting. I mean, they were the premier yeah. like six county fire safety company. I think they still are to this day. Yeah. Anywho, so the point is, is then they said I had to write an apology letter, and so <laughs> there was a step that had to be taken. Yeah. And I did basically write, sorry, I froze your snake. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't know what else to write. That's really you know, the crux of it. Again, sorry that I was so obedient in trying to get set up per the instructions of right. Park Ranger Rick or whatever yeah. his name was. Sorry, I panicked with my yeah. lifelong phobia, which I told you about. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you want to look at the spiritual flip in this story, it is this, that you can be right in your righty rightness and other people can think that you're so wrong and you have to find a way to let it go. Yeah. The exact example that I learned at this point early on in my career, what was I, 22? You were young. No, a little older than that, 24, 25. (laughs) Anyway, I was shown that these people, I know know companies and, and executives that would have just lit me up and wanted to punish me for them losing that contract yeah yeah now these guys are just like hey there's more coming around the corner you know we'll just keep moving and that's what has to happen in your conflict and you know talking to you know some different people around the country there's conflict always that's what satan does he tries to create conflict and we've been talking through my messages if you want to go back to the long form teachings about being joyful in our circumstances Mm -hmm. which that is a very biblical thing. And it's not always easy to do. True, And yeah. so what the Holy Spirit does is it comes in and it convicts you that you want the best for people through the kingdom lens, through God's kingdom lens. So that's why you want reconciliation and forgiveness. That's why the Spirit convince, convinces you to hold no record of wrong, even though people are speaking falsely yeah. against you or whatever the case might be. Well, and that's where our, our cancel culture has kind of come up and out of. When you take God out of the equation and all you're left with was, is like the human physical reality uh, when it comes to dealing with loss, that's very hard. And I think that oftentimes that's where it's coming out of. There's been loss somehow, whether you lost a snake or you lost the contract or you lost some, there's some loss there. From the biblical worldview, we know that the Lord gives, we know that the Lord 
takes away. And we know that it's a fallen world. And we trust that God is our provision. He is our supply. And so where there is that loss and there's big loss, you know, you lose a child, you lose a spouse or whatever. We have a God who fills that loss. He, he balances the scale in the end. And that doesn't mean that there aren't bad feelings, you know, pulling at your heart and so on. And, that, and there are repercussions. There are um, real effects of loss. But when we're trusting in God, we know that he makes all things new again. This is not the end. And I think that that helps people who carry that and who who truly believe the biblical worldview, not just those who profess Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian, whatever. Okay, well, as you go through loss now, what's your reaction? Are you depending on God or do you revert? I mean, that story is a great juxtaposition of the two responses of loss and we can choose which way we're going to respond now that i'm an older man who've been in charge of many organizations i can look back and and look at that brash young snake hater (laughs) and i can really see why they were so mad at me oh yeah you know and why they why i would have no credibility in their eyes ever yeah but on the other hand i still know what i lived through and i stand by it you know what i mean so let's look at a couple scriptures and we're out of here for this weekend it says in hebrews 10 36 you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of god you will receive what he has promised uh galatians 6 9 says let us not become weary of doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up psalm 40 verse 1 i waited patiently for the lord he turned to me and heard my cry here's the thing if you need a pound of flesh if you need to get some sort of revenge and you need to you know be all wrapped up in your own victimhood that is almost and i can probably say every time but i'm going to just use the word almost because i'm not that smart Almost every time, not from God. That is the enemy trying to get you. You want to know what's from God? Is when your heart breaks and you have forgiveness and you truly, because of the kingdom, want to hold no record of wrong. That's when the spirit is alive in you. And so, Emily, quick final thoughts and we're out of here. Yeah, the final thoughts, just kind of a flip side of that same story. Um, It is interesting that people in that professional level, when someone approaches them and says, hey, I'm afraid of snakes, is there a snake loose? There was no attention to detail. There was no paying attention. There was no being considerate of someone else's feelings and thinking about them first. And that's where we need to... um, readjust sometimes we oftentimes think it's not a big deal to us therefore it's not a big deal to somebody else yeah well sometimes it is and so i think it gets back to paying attention thinking of others more so than yourself because when you don't and you and you're just kind of flipping through life and and you're not doing what you're supposed to do you know sin still leads to death not paying attention still leads to death. Not being considerate of the other people around you still leads to death. And so that all boils down to sin. It all boils down to the condition of your heart and being mindful of others, paying attention to detail 
and and doing what's right in even the little things, even the very little things. God says, if I can trust you with those little things, then I'll be able to trust you with the big things. So let God trust you in those little things today. Well, and hopefully this podcast was an encouragement to you. Again, BibleIdiots.com is the website. Uh, She's Emily. She's my best friend and bride. My name is Chris. You get into the Word of God today and go and serve your King.